Bibles this morning, I'm going to invite you to open them to the book of Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. If you can go ahead and set that clock, because I'm starting, that's a preaching timer, not my announcement timer. So, see, if I went by the announcements, I'd have to start fixing the clothes right now. <laughs> Amen. Back in May, which is amazing, two months ago, man, how time is flying, we started a series called A Supernatural Supply. But due to travel, you know, uh, me going to... Uh, conferences and also preaching and teaching in other churches and, and other events. Uh, we, we haven't been able to visit this uh, series in a couple of weeks. And uh, so we're going to pick it back up this morning. And so um, we, we may mention why are we teaching on a supernatural supply? Uh, number one, um, what's going on in the world? Uh, the economy. Uh, prices have greatly, greatly gone up, and in, in the natural, just looking at the figures, the inflation figures, the gas prices that have uh, almost doubled since last year, it may look like doom, gloom, and agony on me. You know, the hee-haw song. You know, if we, we simply look at the natural indicators, it says, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to how are we going to survive? How, how are we going to pay for things? And that's why it's important that we look at the Bible. What we've been teaching you for 35, 40 years now, we finally get to put it in practice. Amen. Faith in God, that God will always take care of his children, that we not need to be concerned. And we just need to not look at those things that are seen, as the Bible says, but the things that are not seen. We can't see God. We can't see a supply. If we just look at the seen and the natural things, we can panic and get into fear. But if we look to God and we focus on what he said in his word, that he will supply our needs, then we can rejoice and be glad. And we want to be trusting him in these last days. And another uh, reason we're, we're teaching along these lines is to get magnificent paid off. Now, what is magnificent? Magnificent is this building. We call it magnificent because, uh, uh, you know, it, it almost fell apart and we bought it and we have, you know, remodeled it two times, <laughs> once after a church fire. And, uh, you know, we, we want to do it with excellence, just like Solomon's temple. And, uh, and we owe about a million dollars on it. And we want to get that paid off. And, uh, you know, God has a supply for that as well. And so that's why God wants to take care of us personally during these days. But also as a church family, we're, we're believing together, releasing a faith to get it paid off. And so... Um, Again, we, we talked a little bit about the Miracle Crusade that uh, we're believing to, to uh, help with the uh, expenses of that crusade for $30,000. And what we're going to do is, as a church, sow that seed into that crusade in order to reap a harvest to get this building paid off. And so, uh, we, praise God, we're about halfway there. And um, we, we trust that all of us are getting involved with that. And so uh, let's um, go ahead and read Matthew chapter 17. We're going to begin verse 24. And it reads this, and I'm reading out of the King James Bible. Uh, your, your version may be a little different, but it'll say pretty much the same thing. And when they had come to Capernaum, they that received the tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Peter says, yeah, yeah, he does. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter said unto him, Of strangers. Jesus said unto him, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go into the sea, cast a hook, take up a fish that first cometh up, and when ye have opened its mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, that take, 
and give it to them for me and thee. And this has been um, the starting point of our series on a supernatural supply. We read here that Peter was asked whether Jesus paid taxes or not. And of course, Jesus paid taxes because the book of Romans tells us to pay taxes, pay custom, pay tolls and whatever. And, uh, and so J Peter answered the tax collector, yeah, yeah, Jesus pays them. And, but evidently after that conversation, as he is walking to the house where Jesus was, he was thinking about something. Thoughts were going through his mind. Have you ever had thoughts go through your mind? When, when you're paying bills, how am I going to pay this? Or when you get your tax bill, your property taxes, your school taxes, you, you have thoughts that go through your mind. Maybe when you fill up the gas tank. When it used to cost $20, now it's costing $80, $90, and $100. There may be thoughts going through your head. Just like Peter. And we see here that Jesus addressed Peter's thinking. So evidently Peter was thinking wrong about the situation. And so Jesus corrected his thinking. He was thinking wrong about the need. He was thinking wrong about the supply. And notice what happened after, and we looked at this in detail in earlier in the series as we taught. Notice what happened once Jesus got Peter's thinking straightened out. God supplied that need supernaturally. And uh, so, so many amazing things in this account. This is written in the Bible for our learning, for our admonition. It's not something that we just look at and say, oh, that was wonderful in the life of, of Jesus. No, everything that is written is for us, for us to learn from, to learn how to operate in the kingdom of God. Uh, some things we've been looking at in this account, and again, we'll do a review since it's been a couple of weeks. Number one, uh, it wasn't a very big need. How do we know that? One coin paid the tax both for Peter and for Jesus. So it wasn't a very big need. And uh, that tells us that God is interested not just in the big needs in our life, but in the small needs. You know, Philippians 4.19, we quote that so much. But my God shall supply what? All your need according to his riches and glory. All of them. You know, so not just the big big needs but the small needs as well and we know this in the area of faith I like what something Lester Sermel said before you believe God for a seven layer cake believe him for a cupcake first what is that believe learn to believe God for small things before you try to believe God for bigger things and a lot of times we, we know in other areas of our life but somehow with finances oh I, I can take care of the small needs in my life Lord just take care of the big needs but we got the cart before the horse and so, again, just to be mindful that God wants any need that comes up in our life. God has a supply for it. Number two, we learned from this count, that they could have paid that need with the money they had on hand. Um, just a simple coin paid that tax money. And no doubt, uh, if you study the life and ministry of Jesus... Jesus was not poor. Um, he, he had a staff of 12 people. He, he provided for 12 men wherever he went. People ministered to him out of their substance. And let me ask you this. If you only had $3 to your name, would you have a treasurer? Keeping track of your money. And if you only had 3 or $4, and if someone took a dollar or two, uh, you'd, you would notice that money was missing. And you read the account that that Judas was Jesus' treasurer. And he, from time to time, would steal money and pocket money out of Jesus' account. And, and no one would take notice. Again, like I say, if you had 3 or $4, 1 or $2 missing, immediately you'd notice. But if you, if you had a lot of money coming in, and you know there's 10 there, 15 here taken out, that no one would notice. And so, no doubt, they, they had the money at hand and uh, if Peter would have just went to default mode like we do, 
default, here's a need. This is what I have on hand. It would have cut off God's supernatural supply. If the count read, well, yes, my master pays money. And he goes to Judas. Judas, those tax collectors, they need tax money for the master. And here, here, here's a spending memo. Here Judas put an account and Judas gives him the money and pays it. It would have been paid. But it gave no room for God to supply in a supernatural way. And so, even though you, you have the means to supply things, we, we have a default. Like if you get your tax money, immediately, oh, I'm going to pay my taxes with the checking account or this account, or maybe I'm going to sell this or trade that or whatever. That's our default mode. And if we simply keep our settings on the default mode, uh, it, it leaves out the God mode. So, you know, you, you get a dial you know, there's presets, and there is a God mode. And you just need to switch it out. And when it comes to your needs, people, just switch that over to God mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Lord, I could supply this. And Lord has told me that. He said, don't be so quick to buy certain things. Believe me for them. But if you don't do that, then it doesn't give room for God to move. And so we're learning about supernatural supply, that God wants to supply your, all your needs. Again, there, there's balance we don't want you to go into Walmart and just do a Jericho march around the aisles and say, God, send me money for peanut butter, peanut butter. No, just put it in your cart and pay it out of your checking account. I'm talking about in daily life, release faith and trust God uh, for supply. Even if you have money for groceries, just say, Lord, you supply my need and I'm going to trust you to supply need. And as you pay the money with your groceries, uh, with your check account, God may send something else that was unexpected. If you give no room for God, God will not move. But if you give room for God, God will move. And this is what this account teaches us. And so we're not limited in this economy just with our checkbooks, just with our income. We, we, we have a God mode that we want to switch our defaults to. And uh, the third thing, of course, we see in this account, God supplied it supernaturally. Um, I don't think when Peter was thinking about tax money, I doubt he was thinking, I wonder how, how God is going to supernaturally supply this. You know what I, I'm thinking? I'm thinking if I go fishing, there's going to be coins in the fish's mouth, and that's how we're going to supply the need. No, it was the furthest thing from Peter's mind. And so um, God supplied this need supernaturally. And uh, God wants to do it today. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16:9 that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts is perfect towards him, or those hearts that trust him, that hearts that believe in him. So God, God is, is watching. You know, I, like some Terry Mayu said, he was a, uh, a speaker at Camp Meet in California that I went to. He said this, that all of heaven is watching all of earth in order to fulfill all of his word. And so God is looking to do things supernaturally. But if we do the default mode, we kind of cut God out. And so we need to be open to him and allow God to do things beyond our ways. It says in the book of Isaiah that my thoughts are not your thoughts. Isaiah 55. My ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and ways higher than yours. Well, we see this in the case of paying this tax money. How many know that was not natural ways? Natural means. People think, well, what do we have on hand? And that's how we take care of it. God thinks, no. How you're going to supply that is you're going to go fishing, and there's going to be coins in the fish's mouth. And so we, we want God to be glorified in these last days. But we got to be thinking this way. We, we got to be open and, uh, you know, our thinking has everything in the world to do with this. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And if, if we're thinking wrong, like Peter was, you know, we're just going to ha have to take care of things with our own natural means. And when Jesus corrected Peter's thinking, it allowed God's ways and God's means. Now, real quick, on the overhead screen, put up Matthew 
625. Again, review, we're adding to it, we're building on this, putting ourselves in remembrance of these things. Jesus taught a lot about how God will take care of his children. That we ought not to be worried, not, ought, ought not to be concerned that God will take care of all of his children. But notice this, and, and this came by revelation. I, I, I did, never saw this before, but as I was studying and meditating on this, it was revealed to me. Uh, the words of Jesus, Jesus said this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or get for your body which you put on. What are those? Those are needs in our life. Is not life more than meat and a body more than raiment? Then he tells us, behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap nor gather in barns. They don't work for it. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. So God takes care of all the birds. Yes. Notice what he says. Are you not much better than they? What's that mean? If, if I take care of the birds, I'm going to take good care of you. Verse 27, why are you taking thought can add one cubic to stature? Why take thought for raiment or clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass in the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, what we should drink, when we shall be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, meaning being, having a supply and having needs. For your Father, your Heavenly Father, knoweth you have need of all these things. God knows you have need. More gas money, more you know, clothes, the price of things are gone. God, God knows that. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But notice again, verse 34, and take no thought, for the morrow for morrow shall take thought of itself, sufficient is the day of evil thereof. And of course, these are the words of Jesus. And, and we can readily see what is Jesus saying, God's going to take care of you. God's going to supply. If you have need, he's going to make sure you have food to eat, uh, clothes to wear, a place to live, bills to be paid, so forth and so on. And what is the number one thing he says? Take no thought. Don't be worried about it. And if you read the account in the verses, five times Jesus said, take no thought. Why did Jesus correct Peter's thinking? He was taking wrong thought about the tax money. And as long as he was thinking wrong about tax money, it shut God out of the equation. If we're thinking wrong about gas prices, if we're thinking wrong about the inflation, uh, every, the price of everything going up and, you know, things, and we start saying, oh my God, what are we going to do? Or things are so lean, you, you're, you're cutting God out of the equation. And that's why Jesus says when it comes to your needs and when it comes to supernatural supply, it is important that you think right. And so this, this series is helping us to correct our thinking. Now, we, we've looked at several things concerning our thinking. Of course, we saw that God wants to take care of us, that it is never God's will for us to suffer financially or materially, that you, you can never find in the Bible anyone that served God that God made them broke, that God made them suffer. You see the opposite, but religion has taught us just the opposite. Actually, religion is more or less anti-Christ because religion has twisted in what God said. And uh, like, there, there's, there's people that believe, church that believe that God makes people sick for his glory. You know, and of course, you know, multitudes believe that. But if you read the Bible, that is anti-Christ. Jesus went about doing good and what? Healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. You read the Garden of Eden. We looked at this. Uh, God's perfect plan before sin came was man struggling. Was man, you know, barely getting along. God put him in paradise. He filled all the earth and had more than enough. Then we looked at scriptures that, um, you, know, uh, that my, you know, Psalm 23 that says, the Lord is my shepherd that my cup runneth over. You know, uh, here they call this a full glass. You can see someone has poverty thinking, whoever fills this glass up. 
that they do this that way doesn't spill because that happens quite a bit. You know, uh, some would call this full. Most of us would call it three quarters full. God says that's not good enough. God not only fills the, the need to the top level, God is not satisfied till my cup what? Runneth over. All through the Bible, through Genesis to the book of Revelation, God is a God of running over. But if we don't think that way, we'll not believe. See, this is why they did. I just spilled some. They know their pastor. But if we don't think that, if we think God wants us to be broke and just barely getting along, then that's what we'll believe. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. If that's what we believe, that's what we have. And too many times people are trying to interpret the Bible based on what they have instead of looking at the Bible and coming up to the level what the Bible says. I will think in line. Remember, God's thoughts and ways are beyond ours. So we looked at all these things. But uh, we're going to continue. We started a little bit. We're going to go further. Is We're going to look at how, how the kingdom of God operates. And so turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. God doesn't want us to take thought. God wants us to uh, believe Him for supernatural uh, needs to be supplied. And uh, we're going to look at a, a kingdom principle. You know, God will take care of His children, but also God has set laws and principles in the earth that if we cooperate with God, it allows for a greater supply in our life. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 26, it reads this, and he said, this is Jesus, Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God as a man should cast seed into the ground, and he should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knows not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself, first the blade, then the ear, after the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth and merely put in the sickle because the harvest has come. These verses are amazing verses. And I, I, I truly believe we, we, we really don't embrace the, the importance of them. Um, Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God. What does that mean? He, he's saying... This is how the kingdom of God operates. This is how God works. This is how things in, in my kingdom work. And again, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. And so we may have natural thoughts and ways how things should work. But God says, this is how I work. This is how the kingdom of God works. If you, you understand how I work and get involved in, in kingdom principles, then you're going to sing uh, the kingdom results. And he said this, that the kingdom of God operates as a man should cast seed into the ground. And so that tells us if you know how natural seed works, you'll know how God works. And it's very interesting, you read in the book of Romans, the book of Romans tells us that God put natural laws in the earth. That way we can understand spiritual laws. And from the very beginning of Genesis, God said this, as long as the earth remain, that seed time and harvest would continue and it's called and God called it seed time or sowing seeds and harvest I truly believe everyone ought to have the privilege of being a farmer or at least having a garden and understanding how God works and uh, even even if uh, you never had a garden never planned anything I, I think you know with Google YouTube you can look at this you this is how it works you get a good, you get a little pot, and with good soil, and you plant a seed in the pot. You water it. Eventually, whatever you plant, it will grow. Wow, supernatural! But what the amazing thing is uh, that when you plant it, you just don't get the the same measure of what you plant. Let's just say, like um, I, I love to feed the uh, squirrels. Uh, in the birds, and we're big on bird seed. You know, we buy a lot of bird seed, and of late, of late the bears have liked it too. And so now, at night, I got to bring in, bring in my bird feeders because the bears like it too. Just everyone loves sunflower seeds, and every so often, 
one of those seeds doesn't get eaten by a bear or sometimes a deer, the turkey, you know, what, there's a whole, raccoons are eating it too. You know, everyone's after the seed. And it gets planted in the ground. One little black flower seed. And it gets in the ground, and, you know, as we had rain just the other day, and it grows. And amazingly, this little thing about this size eventually grows into a blade, into a stalk, and it, it grows about, oh, about six feet tall and puts out a huge flower like this. And on that flower, literally hundreds of sunflower seeds come forth. And God says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. When that seed got planted in the ground, it was planted. But when harvest came, not only did it produce one seed, but multitudes of seed. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And you know what God says? That is how the kingdom of God works. It works as planting seed. We understand it in the natural Seed and the earth is no respect of persons. You know, we, we have a very light attendance here today. But if we were to have maybe, what, 80, 60 to 80 uh, big pots, and all of us, I gave you a sunflower seed. And all of us came forward and planted one, and we put your name on it. And we all did it on these 60 to 80 um, pots. And then we, we'd take care of the watering. You know that would work for each and every one of you. Believe it or not, that um, seed time and harvest is no respecter of persons. Anyone can operate in it. And so that's what Jesus is saying. So is the kingdom of God as a man should cast seed in the ground. And what, what is the amazing thing is whatever you sow... After a while, when it comes for the harvest, it is multiplied over again. Now we're talking about a supernatural supply. Well, what we're looking at is a little, a little seed can supply a great need. Now, just, let's just for credibility, credibility, let's just look at something Jesus said. Uh, Luke 6, 38. Luke 6, 38. Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God as a man should cast seed. Does this work financially and materially? Are, are we just trying to, to read into something that really isn't there? And so let's just let Jesus, Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God's man should cast seed. He told us not to take thought about our needs being supplied. Does sowing seed financially, is that something that agrees with the teachings of Jesus? Well, in Luke 6, 38, it's in red in my Bible. And it says what? Give. Give. Giving is like a seed. How do we know that? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, chapter 9, uh, Galatians chapter 6 talks about giving as a seed. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says this, He that giveth soweth sparingly. He that soweth a little sows sparingly. So it likens giving to, to sowing seed. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. And, and you can't deny it. He's talking about giving. And so in the mouth of two or three witnesses, we understand uh, giving is as a seed planted. And this is what, exactly what Jesus is saying. And notice what Jesus says. Give, and it shall be given unto you. That means if I give, I will get back. But how will I get back? Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over shall men give in your bosom. For the same measure which you meet with all shall be measured to you again. Again, we're bringing out the words of the Lord Jesus Christ because he means what he says and says what he means. 
Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God as a man should cast seed in the ground. If you understand how it sowed seed and reap of harvest, you understand how the kingdom of God operates. And here Jesus talks about it materially or financially. He says to give. You know, he could have just said give and because he commanded it. We, we do it just because we love Jesus. Jesus said to give like tithing. Well, you told me to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it regardless if there's any benefit to it. But here he gives us a benefit Give and it will be given back to you. How? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. You know that run down. They, they used to carry seed in, in their, uh, their robe or tunic. Uh, we, we don't do that. But maybe you've had a coffee can. Or maybe you're, you're transferring coffee into a can. You know, or, or some other substance. You pour it in. And, you know, kind of overflows. Then you kind of shake it up. Shake it up in order for it to be packed down. That way, what? You can put more in it. And so he says, give and shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, shake together. And we have this, God is, God is messy. He's absolutely messy. Remember Psalm 23? My cup, what? Runneth over, floweth over. Notice what it says here. Give and shall be given you good measure, pressed down, shaken, gather, and what? Running over. God is a messy God. What does that simply mean? That we can give not only to be full in our, our needs to be supplied, but running over. All through a seed. Now, uh, I don't have, the, I didn't give him the scripture, but turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Again, we're, we're talking about a supernatural supply. How I many you know, really, you know, we go back to that sunflower seed, planting one little seed. And getting this huge stalk with this big flower and with hundreds of seeds. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just one produces that. I mean, to me, it's, it's almost ridiculous. Ridiculous. But God set that in nature. But Jesus said, give. And the same thing will happen to your giving. And again, uh, the reason we're taking a little time, I want to see is a scriptural principle of seed time and harvest, that we can plant seed and reap a harvest. I, I have so many scriptures run through my spirit. It said of Isaac that he sowed in a time of famine. And God blessed him and he reaped, uh, and it said there a hundredfold, and he grew and grew more financially and became the envy of the Philistines. He was a covenant man with covenant promises, and uh, he sowed. He sowed, and in a time of famine, uh, when everyone else is struggling, he, he grew richer and richer. Why are these things in the Bible? It's our covenant. That's why Jesus said, take no thought. Think right. Think right. You know, even uh, in a traditional church, and we used to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What a beautiful proclamation of worship and devotion. What's the next phrase? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What? On earth as it is in heaven. Have you checked heaven out lately? How, do, how can you do the book of Revelation? Anything in heaven. You know, people are struggling up there. there there's long food lines. People are, are, are scraping for, for shelter and, and food. No. You know, the streets are paved with gold. You know, that's how God thinks. God's, you know, we, we get googly over a gold ring or a diamond. Woohoo! We get googly. And when we go to heaven, you know, God says, give me your jewelry. I'm going to pave the roads with it. You know, again, just, that's why Jesus addressed Peter. You got to think right. And in this, this area of Sowing, we even need to think larger. Because sometimes we think, well, yeah, if I give, God will bless me. But we need to see how he wants to bless you. Because if you don't think right, we don't believe right, we don't have right. But 
2 Corinthians chapter 9. Again, we're talking about the kingdom of God's man should cast seed in the ground. Verse 6. I, I made reference, but I wanted to look at this. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly or lightly or little shall reap sparingly, lightly or little. And again, context, what he's talking about is given financially. Now, for those who visit, we, we, we're not one of these things where we're going to take up an offering. We're, we're very careful about money because we, we, we believe in great integrity. We're just showing you this because it's in, number one, it's in the word. We're not ashamed of the word. Number two, we're trying to help people in these last days. You know, we're just, we're, we're looking at the truth here. And, and these are the words of God. He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Big revelation. If I sow one sunflower seed, I get one sunflower seed stock. Woo! But if I sow ten, guess what I get? Ten. And each head would be multiplied that seed sowed. And so I, I, could, I can increase my, my harvest of sunflower seeds a whole lot just by sowing more. All right? Again, kingdom principle. In verse 7, every man according to the purpose of his heart, let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Sometime I need to look at that. It's talking about your heart in your giving. That is the quality of the soil. Your heart. Not, you know, a lot of people say, you give my ministry, it's good ground. We understand that. But what's more important of where you give is how you give. How you give. Yeah. The parable of the sower... Remember the parable of the sower? The ground, remember some thorny ground, stony ground, you know, and so forth. Hard ground. What was that? The ground was people's hearts. So more importantly, there's not where you give, and there's importance to that. You know, you don't sow your seed on a sidewalk. You do want ground. It ought to be gospel use. But here, you know, uh, uh, you know, the heart, that's why when we talk about tithing, you never want to tithe because you have to. When it comes to giving, you know, like we're raising money for the, the miracle crusade, for heaven's sakes, if you don't want to give, don't give. Because if you give and your heart is of necessity or of, of bondage, you know, I don't want to or, I, you know, what, what you're doing is you're taking seed and you're throwing it on the concrete for the birds there to eat your harvest. And so that's why it's important your heart, your, your heart to give. And so let's read on. Every man corny purposes heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth cheerful giver. So if we have a seed... And we have a right heart. Look, notice what it says. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Notice uses the word grace. Now in the traditional church, if you were to say the, the words grace, that, that beautiful song will come up. Yes, grace. I'm saved by grace. And they'll sing what? Amazing grace. How sweet, beautiful song. That what? Saved a wretch like me. Grace did that. How many know we're, we're saved through the grace of God? Ephesians 2.8 says this. Uh, it says we're saved by grace, not works, lest any man should boast. Grace saves us. We were going to hell. We were sinners. Grace made us saints worthy of heaven. A beautiful thing. Grace is God's supernatural ability to do things we can't do ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. Nothing we could do could save ourselves. That is grace. Now here, it says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Because of putting into practice verse 6 and 7, now God can do something. All right? We're going to pause. There's a whole lot of thoughts. I can go to a piece of ground and say, oh, God, I need sunflowers. 
You know, I need sunflower seeds. Oh God, I need it, I need it, I need it. God can't do anything with it. Any farmer that goes to a piece of land says, God, I, I want acres and acres of corn. And pray and fast and beller at God, 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 God. God, God can't do anything with that. The kingdom of God is a man should cast seed in the ground. If I plant seed in the ground, then God can do something with that and produce a harvest. That's what it's talking about. Now, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And people have default modes. So grace, I'll be spiritually blessed. I'll feel happy. I'll, I'll have rewards in heaven. And, and, and I can sing around a campfire, kumbaya. And I feel so good that I gave. Well, that's all you expect and that's all you think. That's all you get. But notice what the word says. What kind of grace is this? And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And then tells what this grace is. That you always, having all sufficiency for all things, may abound to every good work. Now that's King James. That's King James. You get some other translations and you, you might just want to do a little duck waggy tail in the rain thing. You know what this is saying? That if you sow, God's able to produce a harvest, seed time and harvest. You know, your heart is right. That God is able to do things for you. And he says that you always and always have all sufficiency. You know what that means? That whenever any need comes up, there's a supply for it. All sufficiency. All sufficiency. You know, this tax money, groceries, you know, we got to take care of this. You know, this broke down. That God is able to make all grace. It's not just a supernatural feeling and kumbaya. No, God is saying, I'm able to make all grace that you have all sufficiency and all things. That means whatever the need is, I'm able to supply that. Seed time and harvest. God is able. Able. Now, it doesn't stop there. Like the little boy said, it gets gooder and gooder. God is able to make all grace. Or pull out the stops. Remember, Jesus said, give. And it will be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's God's business. Our business is to give. If we give, God is able to make all grace. All grace, or it's given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. This is talking about the same thing. That you always, that means all the time, having, notice, always and all. Not sometimes, sometimes you get it, sometimes you know it, sometimes you struggle. No, you always have all sufficiency in all things. Always. Always. I always pay my taxes. I always have enough grocery money. You know, always. That's what he's talking about. Anytime something breaks out, I, I, it'll always be taken care of. God is able to get involved with it. Always. In all things. But it doesn't stop there. And may abound to every good work. Sit down and pause. Well, you are sitting down. What God is saying, God is able... Then any need comes. I'm able to work in all that. That every need of yours will be supplied. And not only that, God is messy. You got to remember, God is messy. Remember, running over, my cup overfloweth. And it says that you may abound in every good work. What is that? That's the running over. That not only are your needs fully supplied, you can help other people. Every good work. It's not say extra money, buy some dope, or buy a six-pack, or, you know, go out and, you know, do some ungodly things with it, that, that it runs over, that you can abound in every good work. What does that mean? Money to give. That's why we're saying every, everybody has money to give for the miracle crusade. If you don't, the Bible even says this, he gives seed to the sower. Even if you don't have a seed to sow and you need a harvest, God says, ask me, and he'll even give you a seed to sow. That way he can multiply it, and that harvest will be a credit to your account. Now, again, the problem is a, a lot of uh, American preaching is, is try to manipulate money with this, you know. We, 
To me, I'd be, feel like I'd be struck dead if I ever did that. You know, I, I would never take an offering after this. I'm, I'm talking about in your personal lives. I'm talking about you personally. We, we want you to be taken care of. We're not doing this to manipulate, but it is the word. We're not ashamed of the Bible. Abound in every good work. Let's read on verse 9. As it is written, he has dispensed abroad, he has given the poor, and his righteousness remaineth forever. What's that saying? The messiness of God, your, your needs are supply, uh, you can dispense. <sighs> Dispensary. <laughs> um, I know... In America's a dispensary, they, they hand out things, dispensing. And so what it's saying, that you're, you're fully supplied and you're able to what? Dispense, to give out. Abroad, that means all over. And this, what? That's given to the poor. Your needs are supplied. You're able to dispense and give to the poor. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Wonderful thing. My family knows, I, I try to do that daily, whether they're poor or not. I, I love to, you know, if someone, especially if they're older and, you know, they're, they're, they're counting their ones, I, I go to the, the cashier, I'm going to take care of their groceries. And again, I'm not saying this to come by, but th this is what it is. Every time I sow, I'm, I, you know, here I, I'm supplied in order to dispense and help other people, but every time I give, then, then God... Curses me with more supply. Yeah. Every seed. God is not unrighteous to forget your works and labor love. A seed. Every seed you sow will produce. Like it or not, it will produce. And notice, that's why he says, it, read, reading on, let me, I'm fixing the clothes, by the way. For those of you visiting, I'm sorry, what I lack in depth, I go in length. <laughs> all right. God is able to make all grace abound to you that you having always sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. As is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, and his righteousness remaineth how long? For a few days. Forever. Continually. Why? You're caught in a cycle. Seed time and harvest. Farmers know this. They continue to plant, continue to harvest. They want more harvest. What do they do? They plant more seed. It works for anyone. They'll work it. And this is that beautiful scripture I told you about. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and supply your seed sown, increase the fruits of your righteousness. What's that fruits of righteousness? Your, your giving ability. That you be enriched in everything to all, what? Bountifulness, generosity, which causes through God, through us, thanksgiving to God. Seed. The kingdom of God is a man should cast seed into the ground. Here we've seen another avenue. Jesus said, don't take no thought. But here we, Jesus also said, if you sow, it comes back good measure, pressed down together. And so, if you need more harvest, what do you do? You sow more. Well, pastor, pastor, I, things are tight, and, and I can't sow. I need to eat. We'll look at that next time. We'll look at that next time. This is where faith comes in. Around my house, we, last month we had the... Um, a picnic, and we, we had our family Sunday at my house. I have these huge oak trees. I mean, you, it takes about two or three of you to go your hands around them. How big? How'd they get started? Just a little nut, an acorn. Gives hope for all of us. We're all a little nut at times, but we get playing in the kingdom. But this little acorn could be one meal for a chipmunk. And if, he, if that chipmunk ate that, it would supply his need for one meal. Then the need will be again for dinner, whatever. But if that seed, 
gets planted and allowed to grow literally hundreds and thousands of acorns. Needs for a lifetime. So is the kingdom of God as man should cast seed in the ground. If you eat all your seed, it's going to supply your need but produce no harvest. And so here it even says, if you don't have anything, God says, ask me for seed, and he gives seed to the eater? No, he gives seed to the sower. Why? That way he can multiply and he can cause grace to abound towards you, supply your needs, and that harvest be attributed to count, even though it was his seed that he gave you. All a part of a supernatural supply. But my time is, is gone. We're just going to pick it up next week. I have, then we begin to look at some examples throughout the Bible. Great need supplied just by a little seed. Notice oak trees by an acorn. Jesus talks about the mustard seed, the smallest, and it grows up and it becomes a tree that can house birds of the air. That seed, unplanted, is vulnerable and would be eaten by a bird. But when it's planted, it grows mightily and all these seeds produce. And that, that same seed could house birds that once was a victim to a bird. And see, this is how the kingdom of God operates. And the more we, we get kingdom-minded and operate in the principle of God, the more we can see God's power, God's supply working for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for helping us and encouraging us and strengthening us. Lord, we're so thrilled. We're, we're so thrilled that you want to take care of us. We're so thrilled for Philippians 4.19 that you said you'd supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. All of them. Now, Father, I know the devil would hoodwink Christians saying, well, it's end times, this is going to happen. No, your word is not bound. Your word is forever, forever settled in heaven. That means you're going to supply our need no matter what goes on in the world. You've proven it in times of old. You've proven it with your, the children of Israel in Egypt. And, and even in the desert, you supernaturally supplied for them. You're going to supply for us. And Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we pray that you continue to give us light and revelation. That way we can, can operate and receive the full supply that belongs to us. In Jesus' name. Um, we're going to go ahead and have the worship team up. And uh, let's all stand. And we're going to close with a song of worship and, and allow the word of God to, to sink into our hearts. Go ahead, worship team. Then after they're done, I'll make a few announcements.